Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea. A new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast where we talk about hidden history, depolitical policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the odd man. Welcome. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Public policy could itself become the captain of a scientific, technological elite. And when that first cocaine was smuggled in on a ship, it may as well have been a deadly bacteria so much as it hurt the body, the soul of our country. But take my word for it, this scourge will stop. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks and oddities, to the latest oddcast featuring The Odd Man Out. As always, thank you so much for taking your time to hang out with me. It means a lot. Thank you for your support. Thank you for sharing ideas with me, listening to the show. Please, please share the show and tell others about it because that's what we need to survive. And if you'd like, please become a patron on patreon.com forward slash the odd man out. Thank you very much. If you become a member, you get the show a week early and I add extras on there for my patrons. Now, Let's get down to it. Uh, this week, I'm going to do something topical, and I usually don't do that. You guys know that if you listen to the show. I'm a more of a history guy because I, I find it hard and boring, really, to stay on top of the ever-changing news cycle. But uh, this week, I can't help it. The damn Joe Rogan versus Neil Young versus Spotify, the whole thing is literally every other tweet and has been for days. And the same with Boomer Book. It's every other post. So I just wanted to mention a few things that possibly others aren't talking about, or maybe they are, but I've all but given up on listening to other podcasts because I, I just it's too much for me to do a show and listen to super serious stuff all the time because I'm reading constantly very super serious content. And so I don't want to be driven completely and totally insane. So I don't know what other people are writing and, and talking about, but I will say this. Uh, when you think about this, uh, is it exactly what we are being told it is? Is it as simple as Neil Young is worried that misinformation and disinformation about COVID is being spouted on Joe Rogan? So he decides, Spotify, you know, it's either me or Rogan. Is it as simple as that? Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is exactly that. But uh, I kind of feel like there may be something else going on there. 
I always talk on this show, if you're new, about psychology and reverse psychology, psychological tactics, propaganda, and how our minds and our decisions are molded and controlled. And sometimes uh, our opposition comes out in support of something, so we'll be against it, or vice versa. And that's just the way everything is controlled nowadays, and the way it's been controlled for a very long time, but now with our digital age, I think it's probably even easier to do that now. I, I don't know, but there's so many opportunities. And so we're to believe that this whole thing is just as simple, like I said a few minutes ago, as Neil not wanting to have disinformation and misinformation on the same platform as his music. But uh, again, Neil Young, uh, whatever you may think about him, I was always kind of under the impression that he was one of these elitist progressives, uh, ruling class guys. He, he was very much, I believe, picked and chosen to represent them. Uh, even going as far back as when I was a kid and they kind of gave him his second win by coming out with Pearl Jam, who was super hot at the time. And they were also kind of seen as that left progressive uh, kind of band. And, you know, Viacom, MTV pushed them and Nirvana like hardcore. And uh, other bands, other grunge bands didn't get nearly the push that those guys got. Uh, other bands that I thought were better. Uh, not that those guys weren't talented and aren't talented, but uh, I always saw them as kind of a control to a degree by the corporati. And I believe they were. And so they gave uh, Neil Young his kind of like second wind by having him come out with Pearl Jam. And, uh, you know, that's when Neil Young kind of got popular again. But uh, if you actually go back far enough, thanks to Dave McGowan, we see that Neil Young was a big part of the Laurel Canyon crew. If you read or have read Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon, a phenomenal book, uh, he explains in there that Neil Young was a big part of that, and also a big Charles Manson supporter, one of the biggest ones, in fact. Uh, you know, And maybe that doesn't have anything to do with who Neil Young is today, but but I think if you look at the Laurel Canyon death count, it's really creepy. And if you read that book or have read that book and you know that a lot of those musicians from the 60s were, they almost seemed like they were put together like the monkeys or something. It was very strange that they would all come to Laurel Canyon about the same time. And then, of course, there was the Lookout Mountain, which was a military complex right there by Laurel Canyon that was a full fully developed film studio. They could film there, they could produce the film there, put it out. Uh, it was like a set, a big movie set owned by the military, and nobody really knows exactly what was going on there. I'm not sure who owns it now. I know Jared Leto bought it at one time, which is pretty fitting, but uh, a lot of crazy weird things happened there. Of course, I guess most famously would be the Manson family, but a lot more than that. A lot of these 60s bands, including Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, the Eagles. Uh, there's so many, so many. Joni Mitchell, who just came out in support of Neil Young. She was a Laurel Canyon alumni. They had these houses that had underground tunnels that connected to one another. It was such a strange, strange uh, place and a lot of weird things happened and, and the sheer fact that all these musicians would gather there almost at the same time from around the country and even with like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell they were from Canada 
and uh, Neil just happens to show up at the exact time to hook up with Crosby, Steels, and Nash, and uh, they became a super group. Uh, and, you know, all these weird coincidences happened. I would just urge anyone to read that book. It will blow your mind because it really seems like the 60s counterculture was put together and LSD and these other drugs were injected into the whole thing. Uh, I don't know exactly, maybe just to destroy the culture in general, but to maybe to destroy the anti-war, Vietnam anti-war movement. It's kind of hard to tell what the intel had in mind, but they've always been culture creators. And you say, well, why, besides the, uh, destroying the anti-war movement, why would they want to do that? Why would the intel community want to have this counterculture uh, group that kind of um, poisons the well, if you will? Well, conflict creates change, and that's how they operate. So you have this change, this conflict, this chaos, so they can make their changes, make their order that they want to make. And that's how the government, GovCorp, uh, the government and their corporati masters, that's how they work, through conflict. And, uh, of course, go back to Anthony C. Sutton's books, but, uh, you know, the Hegelian dialectic and all that stuff. So I think that that is interesting and maybe has nothing to do with this whole thing. But I think that, uh, you know, Neil Young being such an important player in the uh, Laurel Canyon deal, I think, I don't know, it's at least interesting to me. And the fact that Joni Mitchell also was a Laurel Canyon alumni uh, and come out recently in favor of Neil Young, I think maybe, I don't know, uh, is at least interesting. Now, uh, one of the things I thought was also kind of interesting was Neil Young last year sold half, 50% of his musical rights for $150 million, that's right, to a company called Hypnosis Songs Fund. That's a shitload of money. So Neil Young is not like, we, we kind of picture Neil as this guy wearing this flannel shirt, the stringy hair, and he's like an everyday man. But Neil Young is a freaking millionaire many times over. So that's just something to think about. And uh, while we're talking about this, Pat Henry on Facebook, he posted that uh, it's, it's another article about this hypnosis company acquires 50% of Neil Young's song catalog for $150 million. Underneath it says Blackstone. It says Blackstone and Hypnosis Song Management launch a $1 billion partnership to invest in songs, recorded music, and music IP and royalties. And underneath it says here... Blackstone announces appointment of Jeffrey B. Kindler, former chairman and CEO of Pfizer, as a senior advisor. And of course, we know that Mr. Swordsman of Blackstone is a skull and bones man. So isn't it interesting how all these things connect? Also, Joe Rogan is a millionaire many times over and has many corporate sponsors. So despite what Elon said about isn't it refreshing to have your news come from non-corporate sources, um, sorry, Elon, that's not true whatsoever. Uh, Joe has a lot of corporate sponsors, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, another thing I thought was kind of interesting now, Neil's kind of walked it back and said, you know, that he, he didn't really mean to... Uh, 
he, he didn't really want to censor Joe Rogan. He just didn't want misinformation to get out there. And now he's got a big deal with Amazon. So now he's dealing with Jeff Bezos. So I'm sure that's so much better than Spotify. And, and don't get me wrong, Spotify sucks. Spotify is not good for the artists, for the musicians, for the comedians. They don't pay them correctly like they should. Uh, so I'm no fan of Spotify. I, I just, I'm no fan of censorship. But could this be, now just hang out with me here, because on this show, if you're not familiar, as I said earlier, I talk about psychology, reverse psychology, and propaganda, okay? Sometimes things are put out in the mainstream that make us react. They know exactly how we will react, of course. So if they, if people who we see as our adversaries like something, most likely we're going to automatically hate it. And that's how partisan and divided we are. And so I've been saying here lately, you know, you got the Rogan and um, Elon and Jordan Peterson to a certain degree and Tulsi Gabbard and maybe Dave Rubin and some of those other guys. And they're kind of seen, I believe, as the new right. Or at least they're being molded into that. Even though, well, Joe was a Bernie bro. And I think that um, Tulsi supported Bernie as well. Of course, she's on the left. She said a few things that uh, we like as people who regard individual liberty. But can we trust her? Can we trust her when she was a part of the CFR at one time? Uh, can we trust Elon just because he makes a few good tweets and says a few good things we like that are common sense that many of us have been saying forever? Hello, Mr. Obvious again. This cult of personality culture where we just want to latch on to the first celebrity that says a few things that we like, it's really sickening. It's gross. Uh, the right is guilty of it. The left is guilty of it. Libertarians are just as bad as anyone about it, maybe even worse. Uh, so I think we need to be really careful uh, because the enemy of our enemy is not always our friend, despite the common thought. And so I think that we need to be really careful who we could be tricked into supporting fully, blindly supporting. That's the thing, blindly supporting. Uh, because, you know, if somebody says something about one guy and we disagree with that statement, then we're going to take the other guy's side and we're going to blindly defend them. And that's the culture we're in. And you can see it on social media. It's disgusting because it's like nobody has the ability anymore to say, okay, I agree with this statement and that statement, but what about this? But what about that? I didn't like what you said there a few months ago, or you did a couple of years ago. It's like we, we forget immediately, and uh, we want to believe so, so badly. We want somebody else to do the leading for us. We want that celebrity to agree with us so badly. Look at my celebrity. He's saying something I agree with. He's on my side. And uh, we don't want to do that leading ourselves, and it's I don't know, man. It just, to me, it's, 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 it's nauseating. I think we really need to keep some healthy skepticism when approaching any of these mainstream stories. And, and maybe this Neil Young versus uh, Joe Rogan and Spotify, maybe it's exactly what the mainstream is kind of reporting it as, but maybe it's something else altogether. And don't get me wrong. I hate, I loathe, I abhor censorship. And I will not support anyone who censors, but 
I don't know. I just think we should look a little deeper at everything that we're seeing in the mainstream because the Intel community are culture creators. They, that's what they do. And out of chaos comes order. And we know that there's a new order trying to be built, is being built under the Great Reset right now. So I think we need to be more skeptical than ever and really, really hold the people that we kind of like under a magnifying glass and really hold their feet to the fire. Uh, I think with uh, Rogan, sometimes people say, well, you know, he talks about anything he wants. It's completely uncensored. Well, there's uh, things that he won't talk about or don't talk about, and you're not going to hear things about the Israeli government uh, very much at all. You're not going to hear about the Council on Foreign Relations or the Atlantic Council or the Chatham House or this global network of groups that control so much that's going on. You're not going to hear about the Bank of International Settlements. You're not going to hear about the Fabian Society. I wouldn't think. You're not going to hear about the Pilgrim Society. So uh, I think that we need to understand that there sometimes it's the things that they won't talk about. It's the self-censorship there that we don't even see because we don't think about it because we don't hear it to think about it. But also Neil, or excuse me, I think Joe had actually said something recently. Let's look here. Uh, this is loudwire.com. So it's like a heavy metal uh, website, but um, it's talking about Joe uh, Joe says here that it all started last week when Neil Young first threatened his exit because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, the musician said, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation. After Young left the service, artists such as Joni Mitchell and Niels Lofgren, isn't that He-Man? Join him by pulling their music from Spotify. Young has since partnered with Amazon Music to give out free four-month trial subscriptions for those wishing to stream his tunes. Yeah, I'm sure it's all about just wanting the fans to have his music. On Sunday, Rogan took to social media to admit in a video that he doesn't always get it right. He vowed to do better. The same day, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek announced the service would start adding a disclaimer to podcasts that discuss COVID. Meanwhile, Rogan marveled, these podcasts are very strange because they're just conversations, and oftentimes I have no idea what I'm going to talk about until I sit down and talk to people. And that's why some of my ideas are not that prepared or fleshed out, because I'm literally having them in real time. But I do my best, and they are just conversations. He continued, and I think that's also the appeal of the show. It's one of the things that makes it interesting. So I want to thank Spotify for being so supportive during this time. And I'm very sorry that this is happening to them and they are taking so much from it. Rogan also said, I'm no doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get this wrong? Absolutely. I get things wrong, but I try to correct them whenever I get something wrong. I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. The host added, If there's anything that I've done that I could do better, it's having more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. I would most certainly be open to doing that, and I would like to talk to some people who have differing opinions on the podcasts in the future. So it seems to me that uh, Joe's kind of agreeing to the fairness doctrine there, 
uh, is the one thing, of course, that makes Joe Rogan different, is you're getting those opinions from some experts where the, the mainstream media, the corporate-controlled media, would not allow them to come on. And even though Joe has a lot of corporate sponsors, that is definitely refreshing. But let's be honest here. There are hundreds of great podcasts. There are some great, great podcasts and, and great content providers out there that are supplying this information and experts come on those shows as well to talk about these things and they don't get even 10% of the you know the heat that Joe Rogan gets so you kind of wonder if Rogan has been chosen to be the new right and i believe that's what's going on i believe that the new right is being built and it's not conservative it's not libertarian Although people are going to cling on to it who are conservative and libertarian because these guys are going to say and have said a few things that they like. And that's just, that's really all it takes in this very, very divided culture that we live in. And that's unfortunate. People, as I said earlier, people need to hold the people they listen to. They need to hold their feet to the fire more than ever. Uh, because, you know, big sponsors equal censorship, and whether that's self-inflicted or otherwise, it just goes hand in hand. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's the things that they don't talk about sometimes, and uh, that's kind of the problem there. And we don't know if they don't talk about it, of course, because it's not on our minds. See, Activist Post had something. Let's see here. I occasionally uh, follow them. Uh, it's Caitlin Johnstone, and uh, sometimes she gets on my nerves, but she's talking about Google here. I'm going to read this quickly, not the whole thing, but journalist Jonathan Cook has a new blog post out on his experience with being throttled into invisibility by Silicon Valley algorithmic suppression that will ring all too familiar for anyone online who creates content and who's been sufficiently critical of official Western narratives over the last few years. My blog posts once attracted tens of thousands of shares, Cook writes. Then, as the algorithms tightened, it became thousands. Now, as they throttle me further, shares can often be counted in the hundreds. Going viral is a distant memory. I won't be banned, he adds. I will fade incrementally like a small star in the night sky one among millions, gradually eclipsed as its neighboring suns grow ever bigger and brighter. I will disappear from view so slowly you won't even notice. Cook says this began after the 2016 U.S. election, which was when a major narrative push began for Silicon Valley corporations to eliminate fake news from their platforms and soon saw tech executives brought before the U.S. Senate and told they must quell information rebellions, and come up with a mission statement expressing their commitment to prevent the fomenting of discord online. Of course, this is not anything new to us. Uh, I'll read just a little bit more. Arguably the most significant political moment in the United States since 9-11, and its immediate aftermath, was when Democrats and their allied institutions concluded that Donald Trump's election was a failure, not of establishment politics, but of establishment narrative control. From that point onwards, any online media creator who consistently disputes the narratives promoted by the same news outlets who've lied to us about every war 
has seen their view counts and new followers slashed. By 2017, independent media outlets were already reporting across ideological lines that algorithm changes from important sources of viewership, like Google, had suddenly begun hiding their content from people who were searching for the subjects they reported on. In case anyone wants to know how Facebook suppression works, I have, of course, 330,000 followers there, but they've stopped showing my posts to many people. Redacted Tonight host Lee Camp tweeted in 2018, of January 2018, I used to gain 6,000 followers a week. I now gain 500, and FB unsubscribes people without their knowledge, so my total number never increases. I saw my own shares and view counts rapidly diminish in 2017, as well as I saw my new Facebook page follows suddenly slow to virtual standstills. It was until I started using mailing lists and giving India media outlets blanket permission to republish all my content that I was able to grow my audience at all. I won't go on and on, but anyway, um, it's we all know this stuff's going on. It's you, you can't, I mean, Facebook is unusable unless you're saying things that are just practically common sense that people have been saying forever. Uh, you know, it, it's it's worthless. And I've been saying forever, how can you get past the people who control these uh, social media sites? They own the software. They know how to program everything. They far beyond anything that most of us will ever know. So I don't think that you can beat them at their own game. Uh, remember, Getter was huge there for about a week, and it's just nothing but like, a, I mean, I've tried to go on there, and it's just, it's stupid. It's just like Trump stuff. That's all it is for the most part. There's a few libertarians on there, but, uh, you know, one thing quickly I want to mention before I get out of here is uh, the power of suggestion. Going back to could we be being fooled by some of the things we see in the mainstream, and of course we are to a degree. We know that. Going back to uh, to Edward Bernays and in crystallizing public opinion and, and propaganda and all that, uh, we know that they've been controlling what we think and uh, do for a very long time. But the power of suggestion, I think, is so much stronger than I initially thought, even just a couple of years ago. And so, whatever they put out in the mainstream, uh, again. If it's seen as something that our adversaries are for, then we'll be against, and vice versa. And I think that uh, they're basically telling people, this is what you need to be upset about, and people will become upset about it. It's just the way it is. I, I, I think the only way to get away from it is to get away from social media. And I've been doing more and more of that. And uh, as I said, I've got to where I'm not really listening to any other podcast anymore, except for uh, some comedy podcasts that really have nothing to do with politics and social issues. You know, stuff like uh, um, John Reap. I think he's a funny guy. Uh, and uh, so I, I want to listen to stuff that really has nothing to do with super serious subjects. I want to laugh. And I think that a lot of us need to do that kind of stuff. Find some outlets that don't have anything to do with politics and social issues, and it'll help you to think more clearly about other things. Get away from social media. You know, have a designated time during the day that you're going to check it out, like for 10, 15 minutes, and then just get the hell away from it.
because it's bad. And everybody that you talk to across the board will tell you that when they have gotten away from it and when they've gotten away from their phone in general, they feel so much better mentally and spiritually. And so that's what I would suggest for everyone. And I thank you so much for checking out this show, man. Um, this is not as long as many shows, but I said uh, earlier I don't usually do a topical show. And um, I just felt like I needed to because it's everywhere. It's on my mind. And I wanted to, to kind of get it off my mind by doing a show about it. And so I hope that uh, maybe it's helped some of you people who listen to this. Uh, think about the whole situation in a different way. Think about news and things that are coming out in the mainstream in a different way in general and maybe uh, kind of step back away from the stories that are coming out and think to yourself, is there a different angle? Uh, is there a, a different motive than what is clear here going on? Am I being directed to think or react in a certain way? Uh, what am I supposed to be thinking here and what is right and what is wrong? And I oftentimes tell people that once you join the club, whatever club it is, right and wrong starts to take a back seat to defending the club. And I think that we all could uh, really get away from that at one time or another and think about really what is right and what is wrong with this story, with this article, with this policy, and what should I really be thinking about it. I don't know if that's just my advice for you guys. I hope you're having a great day. Thank you to all my wonderful patrons. Thank you to Jack from Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. Thank you to Peterson. Thank you to Kevin, Chris, Rooster, Flat, Dark, and Earthy, Thaddeus, Kilowatt, Sir Tim of the Tunnels, Aaron, David, and James. Thank you all, guys, for supporting me. I appreciate it so much. And I look forward to bringing you more content very soon. Probably the next show will be another show on the Pilgrim Society, and maybe the last one, I'm not sure. But uh, bringing it more closer to home with the dates and everything. And then the next should be a Skull and Bones episode, followed by a Bohemian Grove episode, which I've done a deep dive on those. I'm trying to go into these classic conspiracies, get those out of the way, so I can bring you some even newer stuff, and hopefully mix it up along the way. I hope you liked the episode, The Origins of the U.S. Education System. I uh, probably will do a part two, but also in the Skull and Bones, it gets into the origins of education as well, so it may not be needed. But I hope you enjoyed that episode, and please tell other people about it. As I said before, please share the show. I thank you so much for taking the time. Cheers and blessings, and remember, their order is not our order. See you guys.
Thank you.